Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And in this one, we'll dissect the Texans' one and only primetime game this season. I also want to mention briefly that there was an audio issue with the Astros podcast on Wednesday. But if you didn't notice, I corrected it, re-uploaded it Thursday morning. You'll want to listen to our Astros regular season award show if you didn't hear it earlier on Thursday. Before we fire up our Texans-Panthers postgame show, a reminder that this show is brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Not only is BetUS.com the place to bet on all your favorite sports, not just football, but in just a few minutes, we'll remind you about our exclusive discount. It's a way to save money, support one of your favorite podcasts. That's us. And maybe you can make a little money in the process. More on that soon, but let's get it rolling with my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and veteran journalist, Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, wake up, wake up. We got a post-game show. (laughs) Is the Texas game over, Robert? I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. That's the first time I've ever fallen asleep in my entire career. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. That was was about as rough as I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. Well, I, I have to say, though, Robert, that, you know, aside from a few things, really, it was a winnable game, at least for the most part. But the Texans, of course, couldn't take advantage of things. You know, Sam Darnold was Sam Darnold. And, you know, the, the Panthers came into the game. They ranked first in sacks and they ranked first against the pass and the run. And they did all of those things. But despite that, the, the Texans were still in a position to win the game. Now, I honestly believe that if Tyrod Taylor had been in there, they might have pulled that off. But with Davis Mills, it just wasn't going to happen. I mean, you look at his numbers and you think, oh, he didn't really have that bad of a game. But you got to put points on the board. Stats don't matter unless there are points on the board. 19 for 28, 168 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. And that's a positive for his first NFL game. But, Stephen, I want to talk about some other part of this team that I was really frustrated with watching in this game and the Texans offensive line. This is a concern that I had going into the season. There was going to be no really chemistry, no continuity because none of these guys had played with each other at all before the season started. None of the preseason, none of the training camp, all that sort of thing. And they looked terrible. But my bigger concern was the two guys or three guys, I should say that, I thought might be a little bit of a help because they had had some continuity was your center and guard play and Titus Howard, Max Sharping, Justin Britt up the middle. It was embarrassing. I mean, I'm not expecting much from Laramie Tunsil at this point because I feel like he still not might not be 100%, but he wasn't great, but I don't necessarily think he was the problem. Marcus Cannon on the other side, uh, again, not great either, but it's the, the stuff up the middle, and it's not only that they're not doing it as far as protection, but they're not doing it as far as blocking either. They're not getting any push. That's a problem. And then that was something the Panthers were doing, Robert. You know, the, the whole night, they were getting the push from their offensive line. Now, at, at least in the first quarter, and then certainly in the fourth quarter, you know, even when you had Christian McCaffrey out, they were getting that. But as far as the Texans' offensive line, I mean, we, you know, we've talked about it. Not only is it the chemistry not there, but you know, you you got a couple of guys. You're, I think it's like they're still trying to find what positions do they work at best. You know, Titus Howard, Max Sharping, you know, they've been kind of plopped around the last couple of seasons on the line, and that doesn't help either. But 
Yeah, on both sides. I mean, Davis Mills was taking some shots. Absolutely. But, you know, to his credit, he'd get back up. But, you know, the running game just isn't there at all. Certainly in this game, it wasn't. And uh, that's a big concern. And you, you've got to have that going if Davis Mills even has a chance to be decent as a passing. There was no respect for the passing game early on. And that's what you would have expect from Carolina. Maybe Tim Kelly should have been a little bit more aggressive and open it up to begin with. And then maybe then get a little bit conservative with the running game and then play more ball control. I don't know if that would have helped much though, because I don't know what this offensive line is good at at this point. And I, I just don't see it. And the, the concern really, Steven is you drafted a guy in the first round and the second round, not any of these people that are with the Texans right <laughs> now. We know, but Bryant gain was the guy that made that made that draft uh, about the offensive line, which needed to happen. And they, and they get Titus Howard and they get Max Sharping and neither of those guys look good. Now, Titus Howard, I thought he looked better at tackle than he has at guard. I totally agree with that. I, I just felt like, you know, he, he seemed to be making strides at tackle last year. That's, I think, where I would have kept him. But again, when you've got weaknesses at guard, you know, what do you do? It's, it's like a catch-22. Let's go through some of these uh, possessions, and we go possession by possession because I feel like you learn a, a lot about what happened in the game and where things went wrong or or right in, in certain circumstances. But... Uh, first possession of the game, the defense for the Texans, three and out. That was great. Nice pass defense by Vernon Hargraves on third down. Yeah, you heard me right, Stephen. I said Vernon Hargraves. <laughs> yes, you did. I'm <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> proud of Vernon Hargraves for actually doing I'm something. Proud of Vernon Hargraves. Uh, the second possession, uh, offensive possession uh, of the first possession, offensive possession of Davis Mills' career uh, as a starter, three and out. Panthers read a Texans screen on third down, sniffed it out pretty easily going back to the Texans defense. And then it just, it starts to break down at that point with the Texans defense. And it, it really never looked all that great. Most of the game, but 10 plays 88 yard drive, five yard touchdown by Sam Darnold on the read option, seven, nothing Panthers. This defense is going to rely on hopefully getting turnovers, but for the first time this season, Steven, no turnovers, not preseason, regular season, whatever. No, none. And that's, as I've said, is what keeps them in the close games. You know, a turnover here, a turnover there would definitely have made it a winnable game. And, you know, on that first drive for the Panthers, when they went 88 yards, this guy, Chris Moore, I mean, he, he was putting basically taking the Texans to school. He was making some big plays. He, he did it several times throughout the game. I almost kind of wondered, wait, is, is T.Y. Hilton out there? He was so wide open on numerous plays throughout the game and, and certainly on that possession. All right. So on offense for the Texans, one first down and punt, Pharaoh Brown holding call, killed the drive. You can't have those. The penalties, not so good in this game. We can get back to that. But defense, 14 plays, 81-yard drive. But the Texans do come up with a fourth and one stop at the five-yard line. And at that point, Christian McCaffrey goes down with a hamstring. And I, you know what I thought? I thought, hey, there's that Texans turf sneaking up and getting another guy. <laughs> Funny that you say that. I was thinking the very same thing. It's like, hey, he's in Houston. So maybe it's not just, you know, Houston sports teams that get them. It's it's just anybody who comes to Houston is going to have a hamstring. But yeah, he, he went out early. And the running game definitely stalled after that, Robert, at least until the fourth quarter. The Texans were able to do a much better job on the run. Because when McCaffrey was in there, he was showing why he's one of the better backs. 
kind of evens things out a little bit too with Tyrod Taylor being out of the game. I was like, okay, now it's a little bit more of a fair fight. Right, exactly. So then the Texans on offense, two first downs and punt, still nothing much going on. On defense for the Texans, they get a three and out. Jonathan Grenard had a strip fumble. Texans didn't recover. This would have helped right there as the turnover that you thought you needed or what you did need. And that's worth noting since this is the first game uh, that strip fumble by Grenard. It's the first game we've seen Jonathan Grenard active for the Texans, their big drop pick last year. Yeah, how about that? Grenard, I mean, we seem to, we're, we're hearing his name called more often these days. So there is one guy that came through for you in that round. Well, we we heard him, at least in this game, we hadn't heard him in the other two games, uh, unless it was, hey, he's inactive again. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. But offensively, uh, another three and out and another real quick drive. They, they had had like maybe, I think, three first downs in the first four drives to that point. And, and then on defense, they get a three and out. Uh, Whitney Merciless, a sack ends the drive. So there's a Whitney Merciless sighting. That's always good to see. But then, <laughs> Stephen, what do you know? Seven plays, 64-yard drive, a fantastic two-minute drill by Davis Mills. It ends with a... Mills to Anthony Miller. Hey, he's a, he's alive and well. Welcome back, Anthony. We sure needed you, right? He, it was his first game back, of course, since the preseason when he had the shoulder injury. And you know, Robert, I couldn't help but think at that point, hey, why not go more no huddle and more up-tempo offense with Davis Mills? Because it seems as if he, he seemed more comfortable in that two-minute offense than he does in the regular offense. So I'm thinking, hey, maybe they should do that a little more often, you know, not just with two minutes left in the half of the game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you just never know because it's like a lot of times you go to that two-minute offense and quarterbacks relax, but if you tell them it's the whole game, it's that change of pace, I think, that you sometimes need to do, but you need to do it more often, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you need to do it in spots, I think. I mean, you certainly wouldn't do it the whole game, but I couldn't help but think, man, come out in the third quarter maybe and do that and just keep it rolling and see if you can get anything. And of course, they didn't do that. Correct. And a big part of that drive, Brandon Cooks, three catches. Again, Brandon Cooks, just rock solid. You can't say enough good things about him. Nine catches for 112 yards in this game. Uh, he's your offense at this point. But anyway, uh, Joey Sly puts a little damper on it with missing the extra point. So the, the Texan special teams, not that great. We probably should talk about that a little bit. Remind me to talk about that a little bit later, Stephen. But again, there was an opportunity because at the end of the half, Ross Blacklock strip sack fumble. If the Texans could have recovered and it was close mm. with just seconds left in the half, they could have kicked the field goal and took the lead going into halftime. Yeah. Talk about how crazy, as I said, it was a winnable game for most of the game. And that's why Robert, those two turnovers are almost turnovers could have been the difference right there. And, and let me get back to Davis Mills throwing that touchdown pass for a second. Here's something really crazy. Davis Mills is the first Texans quarterback to throw a touchdown in his first career start since, you'll never guess, Ryan Mallett in week 11 against the Browns in 2014, a game in which the Texans won 23-7. to So there's a bright spot for you. He did throw a touchdown pass, and it was, but it's kind of crazy when you think that Ryan Mallett was the last guy to do that. As a Texan in his first career start. Ryan Mallett made the bus to a game is what you're telling me? He did. Well, yeah, he actually made it to the game. Well, it wasn't until week 11, so maybe he didn't come to a game until week 11. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so let's we'll take a, our own halftime break here. Uh, but we before we get 
to the second half. I, I got to say that our friends at BetUS.com had the Texans as nine-point dogs before the kickoff, which was one point more than they were when you and I recorded the podcast on Wednesday, right. Stephen. Now, if I remember I said, take the Panthers and give up the points because we knew it's Davis Mills at quarterback. It's his first yeah. start, three days to prepare. Lo and behold, I, I think we nailed that one. We we both did. I said the very same things. And now the Texans are not going to cover. They, they've covered the first two games, but I did not see them covering this one. And uh, we would have won some money, Robert. We also said, do not bet the over. There's no way these two teams get six touchdowns. And, and we're right about that one, too. What was it? 40 points. I, I'm sorry, 30. I can't do math anyway. 33 points is what the total was. Yeah, and it was like 43 or something was the, yeah. the over-under. 43, 44, I think it, I saw it a couple of different places. If you're betting, though, on the NFL this season, you know where to go. It's BetUS.com because you might as well use a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. Our friends over there, not just football, though, because they take action on any sport. They've done it for nearly three decades. They've been a pioneer in the sports book industry. Great fan base, uh, just a perfect mobile platform for you, too, which is super easy. Log into BetUS.com or call 800-792-3887, 800-79-BETUS. Really easy to remember. And here's how we can save you some money when you do that. Because when you sign up, use our promo code HST125, Houston Sports Talk. Just abbreviate all that, HST125. And that gets you a 125% sign-up bonus on your initial $100 deposit. Again, that's HST125. That's the code. And to help our podcast, sign up using either the BetUS link on our pinned post at the top of our Twitter page or go to our website, HoustonSportsTalk.net, and click on the BetUS icon. Get your online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid and if you're gonna bet on david cully to be aggressive Stephen, you will lose your shirt let's get to the first position of the yeah. second half <laughs> because <laughs> david cully starts off the second half and the texans go down the field and they get to the 39 yard line and it's fourth and four and cully says eh we'll punt why not why kick a field goal uh texans fans not happy they boo nrg stadium just uh beside themselves what do you do here, Stephen? Do you go for it? Do you kick the 56-yard field goal, or do you punt? Well, of course, he didn't know this at the time, but Sly ended up making a 50, was a 53-yarder later. So, yeah, he probably should have gone for it. Now, I'm looking on Twitter right now, Robert. I, I was looking you know, while you were doing the sponsor, and David Cully, Cully was quoted as saying, when we came out in the second half, we wanted to establish the run and weren't able to do that. Yeah, no joke. And the fans let you hear about it, David. Well, it's not just about establish. It's establishing some aggressiveness. And here's where I have a big problem, Stephen. I mean, the the, the the deal with Nick Casario is he should have gone to David Culley and said, look, I'm not firing you after one year. You know, you go out there and set a tone that this franchise is aggressive. You don't do stupid stuff, but we're... We're going to be an aggressive franchise. This is about setting a tone for where the Texans go in the future. And, you know, I, I understand being somewhat conservative with Davis Mills at points, but at least kick a field goal there. Give it a shot. 56 yards. Hell, you're you're in the game at this point. You got a shot at winning the game. I mean, look, why not do it? I mean, at least 
you give yourself a shot because I mean, playing a possession game when you've got Davis Mills and a defense that's not doing anything is is just ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And, you know, we kept hearing so much about how aggressive David Coley was going to be. And we've talked about this, I think, the first two games that we're not seeing that. And we, we play three games now and we're not seeing that aggression, whatever aggression it is that, that he's talking about. So yeah, it came out and, and it basically bit them in the butt for sure tonight. So I'm sure what happened after that, though, Stephen, is, you know, they pinned it back and then the defense came up with a big play and the Texans got it back at around midfield, right? Is that what happened? Uh, no, not according to my notes. No, no. Nine plays, 91 yards, seven-yard touchdown by Tremble. Kirksey hurts the cause, Christian Kirksey, with the personal foul, late hit penalty, 14-6 Panthers. And now we got to talk about Again, the penalties. David Cully said there was going to be an emphasis on that this year. And we were hoping that they were going to be better at, at the, in this category. Well, they had eight penalties, 64 yards. Uh, Panthers had their penalty problems too, especially early in this game. Seven penalties for 51 yards. But still, I mean, if, if you're concentrating on penalties and turnovers and things like that, you gotta you gotta square that stuff up and and really penalties is, are as that's as about coaching as anything in football right there. Well, you know the little things are the big picture, Robert. It's it's those things. It's penalties. It's turnovers. And the Texans they didn't have any turnovers. They didn't make any turnovers, but they they had penalties in the wrong spots. I mean that that Kirksey penalty definitely set up that Panther score. So you know the things like that. It just it will make the difference in the game. And it was, it, it really, it seemed to me too, especially in the first half, that the Panthers were just dominating the whole game. But you look at the scoreboard and it's seven to six, you know, and then they score on that drive, make it at 14 to six. And yet you think, oh, it should have been much more than that. Okay. So we move on and it's another three and out for Davis Mills. The defense comes back on the field. Not stopping anybody really. 10 plays, 56 yards, 21-yard field goal, 17-6 Panthers at that point. And you feel like it's pretty much over. But you can say that's a two-score game. Maybe they can get back in it. Uh, the offense gets back out on the field. Eight plays, 40-yard drive. Joey Sly kicks a 53-yard field goal. You mentioned that earlier. So it is 17-13. And now it's on the defense. And again, just get a stop, but they couldn't get any stops in this game, especially when it counted 12 plays, 75 yard drive, Darnold one yard touchdown run 24, nine Panthers. That pretty much sewed it up. Uh, the, the last drive for the Texans one first down and then the Texans turn it over on downs again, uh, just terrible offensive line play. And that last drive, I mean, just indicative of, of where things were, you know, sometimes you go, okay, it's a rookie quarterback, Steven, he, he's playing his first game. Maybe he's supposed to do a better job of uh, setting the offensive lineup, setting up, you know, pass protection stuff. And, and a lot of times you can blame a quarterback, but I just felt like this was, you know, at least 75%, maybe 80% on the offensive line. If I'm just eyeballing it, I mean, that's, that's the truth. And, and, and that's, uh, that's not going to get any better. I, I assume in the next three or four games, I don't know how this gets a whole lot better quicker. It's, it takes a long time to develop chemistry. Well, I think you have to feel that way. I mean, this is a rookie quarterback and, and he doesn't even have a lot of college experience. You know, there, there were a few plays that he probably could have made better, but would it have really made the difference in the game? I, I don't think so. And there was one 
where he scrambled and he was short of the first down and he kind of hesitated a little bit too long, you know, and then there was another part where he got hit that he took too long to throw the ball. You know, those things, it takes a while for a quarterback to learn all that. So, yeah, you know, the pressure or the, the honest, I guess, is on the offensive line to protect your rookie quarterback and to play better because of that. But obviously the Texans didn't do that tonight. And again, you you go back to the offensive line in the running game too. open up some holes, do something, help out somehow. 17 carries, 42 yards, two and a half yards a carry. That's it. Yeah, that is definitely not going to cut it in the NFL, especially when you have a rookie quarterback that you're not confident that he can throw consistently. And and certainly the defense, they're going to rear their ears back and come after you because they know he can't. So yeah, the, the running game, it's definitely got to get better. I I really thought I would see more of Mark Ingram. It just seemed like there was a lot of the times that Ingram should have gotten most of the carries, but Philip Lindsay was getting quite a few, uh, and it just wasn't working out. Glad you brought that up because, yes, Philip Lindsay had seven carries. Mark Ingram had six. They were the two leading ball carriers for the Texans. And what do they see in Philip Lindsay? Because I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, we I think we saw Rex Burkett for maybe one or two plays. I mean, what happened to this five-back thing that's supposed to make the Texans really deep? And, you know, they had a few plays to Akins, but really the tight ends weren't that involved. I was really hoping that Mills could utilize throwing the ball to the backs in the, in the backfield or coming out of the backfield and using the tight end formations more. But we really didn't see a lot of that tonight. Yeah, if you go as far as wide receivers, Jordan Akins, outside of Brandon Cooks, him and Anthony Miller each had four catches. Rex Burkhead, you mentioned him, one catch, five yards. Mark Ingram had a catch, but that was it. Chris Conley, he got you nothing. Nothing nothing at all from Chris Conley in this game. No, and in fact, I think there was one ball where he should have turned around, and he didn't. And so that was more on him than it was on Davis Mills. Yeah, there are t- there's been a few times with Davis that guys haven't, been looking for the ball and I don't know if that's a young quarterback that's panicking and throwing the ball before the break or before they're supposed to look for it but I I think you need those receivers to understand that he's a young guy and and this offensive line isn't good so maybe maybe you have to turn around and anticipate a little bit quicker than you normally would I don't know yeah it's it's a shame but I, I think a lot of it too is chemistry it does take a little while but those are the things that are going to have to happen, though. You, you've got to make those plays if the Texans are going to have a chance to win any of these games. Anybody do much for you defensively? Zach Cunningham, 14 tackles, 6 solo. Uh, Christian Kersey, 10 tackles, 7 solo. Were, were those the standouts? Or did those tackles, did they feel like they mattered much? Because it was <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of long drives in there. I don't know if they're just tackling guys five five yards down the field most of the time. Well, I think the tackling at least was, was certainly better than it was in the Cleveland game, you know, for the most part, but they just gave up too many big plays. They gave up too many deep passes. And then, you know, when McCaffrey was in there, they were definitely getting runs in huge chunks. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, when the Texans really needed to get the ball back and they pinned the Panthers back, they they just, they couldn't do it. Hubbard started taking over. Darnold started, started throwing and that was it. I mean, they, they just ground the clock down to where the Texans really had no chance to come back. The Texans got what we thought would be a really good special teams guy in Andre Roberts, but he fumbled another punt, got lucky that the Texans recovered, but well, he recovered, but man, I, I, I don't know if you want to continue to pay Andre Roberts 
to do nothing but return punts and kicks when he can't hold on to the football. Well, that's right. And then there was another, I remember he did this last week too. There was another where he brought it out where he probably shouldn't have brought it out. And what's going on? Why are we not seeing Desmond King the second on more returns? That's that's what I want to know. Because you're paying Andre Roberts, and you got to get Desmond King out on that defense because uh, you know there's not a whole lot you have as far as defensive backs go. You know what? I, I do want to give the defensive backs a little bit of credit because really the time that Darnold had to throw, he should have had more receivers open. But there a lot of times there weren't guys open. I assume. Or Darnold wasn't reading it. And, and for the most part this year, the quarterbacks have been waiting and waiting and waiting. And either the Texans, you know, can't get there in time or they've they benefited at, at, at times. But I, I just feel like the secondary has been a lot better than they were last year because th- there aren't those holes in the secondary that we saw last year. There's not, there are not guys running wide open everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Wasn't that a nightmare? You, you know, we're not seeing that quite so much this year. I mean, they're getting pressure. They they were getting pressure on Darnold, but just not enough. They couldn't get to him. And unfortunately, the Panthers were certainly getting a lot of pressure. I mean, they came into the into the week leading the league in sacks with 10, and they got four more tonight. But yeah, the Texans, not very many sacks at all. In fact, Whitney Merciless. Hey, Whitney got another sack. Did you know that, Robert? Oh yeah, we 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 mentioned that. And you did mention it. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier, but you might you might be uh, still waking up from that nap that you had during the game. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it was it, it wasn't the most exciting game you'll ever see, and the Texans are one and two now. But you know, honestly, all in all, what what else could we really have expected with Davis Mills making his first start? I I think that my biggest fear, Robert, I'm sure it was too. He was going to come out. You know, maybe the first couple of possessions, throw a couple picks, and the Panthers were just going to blow this thing open early. So I guess you could say that that didn't happen, and he seemed to gain confidence as he went along, at least in spots. So, you know, if there's anything to build on, maybe that's it, but it, it sure isn't much when you're going into next week. You know, this is a trial by fire for this kid, and and next week he's going to have a, a much longer time to prepare, which hopefully that'll help him. Hopefully that'll help this offense. The offensive line's got to get it together, too. I mean, Davis Mills, you know, he had his faults, but, man, he's just got nobody helping him out except Brandon Cooks. It's it's a, it's a one-man show, and the tight ends, they've got to do better. Farrell Brown cannot have penalties, um, and, you know, you can't be making uh, big mistakes in the penalty game, too, because – the only way you're going to stay in these games is just you got to play play as mistake free as possible. And and D- Davis Mills did his part. He did his part playing mistake free. It was uh, the other guys that needed to to get things together. Yeah, and that's that's really where it is from there. And they have a week and a half to to as you said to prepare, maybe heal up at least some of these guys. You know, there's a few that are on injured reserve and they're not going to be coming back for a while. But yeah, if there was ever a time the Texans probably need a break, <laughs> it'd be right now. And and especially for Davis Mills, because it will give him more time to study the film and learn from his mistakes. Yeah, the offensive line, Robert, I just don't know. I mean, I'm not sure a week and a half is even going to be enough to get them better. But but they have to be if, if the Texans even have a chance of remaining in any of these games. You know, our friends at BetUS have the Houston Cougars as 19-point favorites over Navy Saturday. And they have the Longhorns eight and a half point favorites over Texas Tech. Steven, mm. let me ask you something. Should Texas be eight and a half point favorites over Texas Tech? Yeah, I'm a little surprised on that line, Robert. I'm not sure. You know, I mean, what they did against Rice, I don't think that can be an indication 
what they did against Arkansas. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I would take the eight for Texas Tech. The Cougars 19 over Navy. I'm I'm a little surprised about that. We'll see what happens. It's interesting. Uh, Dana Holgerson, he, he did a little mea culpa about what happened with his quarterback and maybe playing him when he wasn't quite right against a certain team this past weekend that they should have just clobbered no matter what. So he at least admitted his mistake there. Steven, we talked about that a little bit, remember? We did. No, I, I was very critical of him. And, you know, he came out and said, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, but too little, too late. So we'll have to see what happens when he comes back. So you heard what Steven said. Maybe you don't take the Longhorns. Maybe that's a pretty good bet because Texas Tech, you know, they, they've won a couple of games the last couple of weeks. Not, you know, a real big wins. Stephen F. Austin is not going to get you excited as a win is concerned. They, they've beat a couple of slappies, um, but they, they look pretty good against U of H. So consider uh, maybe betting on Texas Tech against Texas. We'll see if I know what I'm talking about. We'll see if Stephen knows, <laughs> yeah. knows what he's talking about. Well, let me just tell you, you talk about offensive lines. You think the Texans offensive line is bad. The Longhorns offensive line really needs to get it together because both their quarterbacks have been getting banged around and sacked quite a bit. So, yeah, Tech's, Tech's going to be ready for him. That, that's always a big game, no matter where they play, no matter where those teams are. So, yeah, I'm just not confident about taking that eight points. So if you believe in us, if you're agreeing with us, maybe get over to BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. And when you use it, remember the promo code HST125. will get you that 125% sign-up bonus on that initial $100 deposit. If you forget... You can find it in the show description of our shows. And to help our podcast, use the BetUS link on our Twitter post at the top of our page on Twitter. It's HST Podcast if you forgot on Twitter, if you're not following us over there. If, even if you don't have Twitter, you can just go to Twitter and look at us. That's the great thing. It's it's, it's open format there. Uh, you can also go to our website, HoustonSportsTalk.net. Click on BetUS on the right side of the page with the website. But just look for the big icon no matter where you're looking on our website uh, on the homepage, HoustonSportsTalk.net. Well, we're going to talk some Astros the next time Stephen and I get together. Looking forward to maybe talking a little bit about the postseason, so keep an eye out for that show. Also, again, go back and, if you haven't, listened to our Astros regular season award show that we just reposted with the correct audio early on Thursday uh, but until we guys, until we catch up with you next time, stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.